Guys, I did a mess up. Uh-oh. Oh. Whoa, I, what'd you do? I, I did a Oopie. pretty big mess up over here, and it's one I'm embarrassed about, and I'm also scared to talk about it, because what if I get fired? Wow. But I From did, the besties. Yeah, so I got messed up and twisted around. I ended up playing Sonic plus Minions, The Power of Gru. Oh, no. This week, for this episode. Um, That's not what we're doing. It, no, I figured if you want me to do a B segment on Sonic plus Minions, the ri- the power of Gru, mm-hmm. not the rise of Gru, that's the the film that just came out. But um, if you guys did want me to talk about it in the B segment, I could probably carry the show because I know you guys didn't play it because you're scared of the Minions. I mean, maybe we should well, just do it now. Oh, in the intro? Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? It's let's let's break the form a little bit. Oh, sure. I, uh, can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'll accept any questions right now. What would you say is like kind of like an iconic bit of dialogue from that game? So there's the bit where Sonic and Knuckles are talking about Dr. Robotnik's robot army, mm. and one of the minions pulls out a fart gun and shoots it into another minion's mouth, and he blows up big like a balloon. And then a third, like, huge strong minion squeezes him until Whoa. the fart gas from the gun comes out of his, uh, of his butt and mouth, and that hits two other minions who start barfing. Yeah. It, wait, is that, is that dialogue? <laughs> What's that? I, what, what, was there any dialogue? Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, the dialogue is like, the Master Emerald has gone from Angel Island. Knuckles, why didn't you come to me sooner with this? And then it's like... And then, um, and then, oh, and, and then, and then, wow, yeah, so tremendous okay. disrespect to the Sonic brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. and for this one, we're gonna give it two rings out of five. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best games of the year. My name is Ross Frost, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a game of the year show, and just by listening, you, my friend, have joined our <laughs> our club, and we're happy. We're so happy <laughs> There's a little bit of jazz in that intro. There's always a little bit of jazz. There's always a little bit of jazz. The premise of the show is <laughs> it's been strained beyond the <laughs> limits of credulity. Uh, but this uh, this week we're going to be talking about um, Mario plus Rabbids, the y- new y- one. <laughs> I messed y'all up with my great bit about the power Griffin, of I Groove. Googled, Griffin, I Googled the game you were discussing. I was like, <laughs> hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it makes it makes a lot of sense. It sparks of hope is the sparks subtitle for this one. What's that? Chris Play it? Mar- it? Marvel plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I'm gonna take you for a ride. Hey, can we just talk about Marvel versus Capcom 2 in this episode? <laughs> Wait, should I tell some people what it is? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mar- Marvel plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Uh, it's you the sequel Marvel again. So just one more time. Oh no. <laughs> Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. It, wow. There's an energy in the room, and I think this is going to be a great episode. Yeah. It sounds like we, it sounds it. like maybe we've sparked up a little. <laughs> 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 wow. What I'm saying. 
Um, it's a think of like XCOM, but now Mario has a gun instead, and Mario also has two there, guns. Mario has two guns, and he crosses them across his like his shoulders, like he's the coolest kid in a Nerf commercial. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's like XCOM, but with Mario and Rabbids. You remember Rabbids? They were like really popular on the Wii. Uh, and they can actually get on Wii in this video game, which we will talk about right after the break. You go get a phone, you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Did you say that the rabbits get ennui in the game? Because that doesn't seem like a feeling that the rabbits are capable of experiencing. Can you get ennui or is you, do you feel it? Well, I'm, I'm probably a little bit of both, but yes, I believe there is a move in here called Ennui. Oh, yeah. Uh, because we should mention, it's a game made by Ubisoft, who are Canadian, like French-Canadian and French. Yeah. Uh, so naturally, they would have Ennui. Uh, not not to be confused with its creator, Henri. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are we doing? I mean, here, here's the thing. I'll put this up up top. This game is fantastic. It's really, yeah, really good. good. It's really good. It's really fantastic. If you liked, I liked the first one, but never finished it. But it had so many good ideas and was such a, if you weren't like paying attention to games when uh, Kingdom Battle came out, that was a, that was like 2017, 2018, it was right? Like that right was right around, around the, the Switch launch. Switch launch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, oh, fuck, Ubisoft is making a game with Mario in it? This is going to be garbage. And then it was really fun and well-made. And this one fixes so many things that I didn't even realize were kind of broken yeah. with the first game. Yeah, it feels like not just a, oh, they made one of those, but much more of a like, oh, you kind of reinvented how this works. Can, like it, yeah. it, a, a big a big step forward that like, for me, somebody who's always been so, you know what? Before let's talk about what's how it has evolved. Well, because well, can I like because I think our initial description was maybe a little surface. Sorry, plant. It was a good setup. Oh, wow. But maybe wow. let's talk about what I, this actual game is, and then we'll talk about how it's sort of been. Influenced. Yeah. Can can you can you do that? I'd be I'd love to. So Mario. Everyone knows Mario and his friends. His Who's cavalcade. And then the Mario? rabbits, as plant mentioned, they were popular on the Wii. They're just these weird rabbits that are basically the minions. Um. 
And in the first game, they basically fuse, join forces to fight a, a greater evil, whatever. But in Function, it just played out like a turn-based strategy game where you're using cover and special abilities and tactics, effectively, to uh, win battles. And that was like the bulk of the game was that. And that really hasn't changed. It's still at its core. This game is a turn-based strategy game, but... They have refined so many of the little elements to make it feel way more fluid and fun and satisfying and great. I don't know that I'll ever be able to play another grid-based strategy game and enjoy (laughs) it in the same way again. Because the big thing that they changed for this one is they got rid of the grid. So when it's your character's turn to move, they are free running within a perimeter that, that you can see and... As long as you stay in that perimeter, like you, you get to take your couple of actions and then end your turn in cover. Uh, and it's so much fun. It's mm-hmm. so much more fun to do that. And uh, there are team moves where you can like hop off a teammate's head and sort of fly through the air for a few seconds and get like a different vantage point if you want. Like this is a game all about positioning and outflanking your opponents and the work that they have put into making that system like really fast so when you do it for the thousandth time it's still pretty fun uh and mentally enjoyable mm-hmm. uh but just like so so fluid and clever and oh i can't say i can't say enough about it yeah i'm trying to think of another turn-based strategy game that has done the movement thing that this game does so valkyria Chronicles i was gonna say that was the one that does, jumps to mind yeah it does does that where you but on, it doesn't on your feel turn, good to move around in that game and i love right. that game right it has more if memory serves it has like a move meter like a timer that sort of yeah, runs down yeah. as you as you move and then you can take your shots uh this is not quite as free roaming as that but it is uh it it, it feels great it does it, it it makes movement not feel like a punishing terrifying thing where it's like oh man if i end in the wrong square i'm right bon-. like yeah you well, have so- to get out there and and do dumb stuff in, and it makes it feel like a what a strategy, turn-based strategy platformer would would feel like. It's wild. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think it. So most of these games, you have to spend points to do pretty much anything, right? Like you're spending po- a point or half a point to move, or you're spending a point to shoot, or you're doing it, it, whatever you do. It costs something, and I think the smart thing about this game is that there is no cost for a lot of stuff that you want to do. That's just the fun stuff. So right. you're free to move around, and you can move around all you want, and then you're free to like kind of alley-oop. Griffin mentioned the jump slash throws that you can do in this game. See, you could run around with Mario, get as far as you possibly could towards the enemies, and then you can take a rabbit, have it run up to Mario, jump off him, go deep into the enemy's encampment, and start blasting people away and then switch back to mario and you could move all the way back to the beginning of the map from wherever you were and you haven't spent a single point of anything yet your your character is like still free to use all of its options despite what? you having done really a ton of a stuff lot of that, shit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then the other game they would have been like oh I, well, I'm, I hope you had fun that was your turn yeah what i think this game really drills down it on is like what is the fun the, the most fun thing you do in a tactical shooter is run around to the side of somebody and shoot them and have a very clean shot at them and blow them straight to hell. And that is like that is th- this whole game feels like here, let us help you. do We know that's the fun thing to do. So, like, let us help you facilitate that 
as best we can. It's like you want the fun thing in a tactical shooter is to get have the perfect spot and just blast somebody. And it and it when you when you level somebody in this with like all of your very generous with like the um uh the, there's like abilities you can use to to tweak like you know you get your uh, f- a fire shot or like a increased critical or whatever. But the cooldowns on those are very generous mm-hmm. in a way that like normally in games like this I tend to sit on those things cuz like is this the perfect moment? Is this the perfect moment? And this is like I don't know. You can do it again in two turns. Just go for it. Yeah, I just I don't know. Just I, do it, it. It'd be the, funny. <laughs> the combat really is like constant. It is the uh like random encounter system is you then load into one of these very I would say breezy battles for for the most part. Yeah, they're pretty uh, quick. They're not particularly difficult. If I was to leverage not at first, at, I, I, I think I think maybe I yeah, deeper, and there's enough. there's a ton of side quests, okay. and each each battle is um has a number on it versus your skill level or your right. rank. So you can you can kind of take on things that are more difficult than what but, you're supposed to be taking on. What I was gonna say is, even though it's not like it hasn't been super difficult yet, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's not like strategically taxing. Like there are there are a lot of ways that all of your team members can work together. Uh, and it, Luigi is a, <laughs> Luigi is an expert sniper in this game, <laughs> and you can like set him into like you know uh, snipe into Overwatch anytime uh, like an enemy enters his line of sight, and then you can like f- outflank an enemy with Mario, kick them way up in the air so that Luigi can shoot them like a clay pigeon. <laughs> like it, it has these like pretty advanced maneuvers that are are really really rewarding, and frankly like. Seeing Mario and Luigi accomplish a murder, a, a, such a, a killer sort of maneuver was was shocking. I like I the know. idea that Luigi, this whole time, has been an expert sniper. He just didn't want to talk about it. He just and, has no career consistency. Like, does he have a v- vacuum for ghosts, or is he an expert? Sniper? You could be both. Please. Yeah, um, that's it's twenty twenty two. It's the gig economy, you know. That's why he's so scared of Ghost because he's killed so many people. <laughs> and he's worried it it's going to be one of his his <laughs> his, his marks. targets. Yeah. Um. I the only thing that I was uh, struggling with a little bit. I'd like I'd like to get your thoughts. Um. Right from the beginning, you have a wide array of characters you can mm. choose from. Now, roughly half of them are rabbits, so they're easy to exclude immediately. <laughs> um, Some of the rabbits are good. No, nah, they're disgusting little pudding pies, and I don't like them at all. So I that's easy. Get rid of them. But I don't know. I wish those had been a little bit more gradually introduced because I, I know, and I know that this is more of a taste thing, but I don't necessarily want every option available to me open so quickly that I'm like, I don't know what I like to do. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know I, what would be I, good. I, I have I good news for you. Okay. It, 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 it does both. So you're right. It, all of that, all of the people are available, and to be clear, like everybody's quite different. Like you not using Rabbit Princess Peach, big mistake, tremendous mistake. Rabbit Princess Peach has a triple rocket launcher that they shoot directly into the sky, and then it rains hell on anybody, and then they pull out their phone and like go like as if. I mean, and what a delight! Like, I, I'm a rabbit. God's greatest mistake. <laughs> I well, you ignore that. You ignore that. I, I think that. of death like an erstwhile friend that I hope they return to me soon. But then to answer the other part is like so after you complete the first, there's a lighthouse in the first main world, and You're right, yeah, completing it is you know like the main goal of the first stage. After you do that, you get thrown into a quote optional battle, and there the game's like, hey, you know what? 
you really have to use uh, Mario Rabbit and I think like regular Princess Peach for this one. So I hadn't used either of them yet. And it was, mm. I, I think it like kind of like gives you matches where it's like, hey, we really want to make sure that you're at least trying these. Yeah. Because I get that Rabbit Princess Peach is super fun, but Mario Rabbit punches so hard that the air actually combusts yeah. in front yeah. of him. He, you can make him go into overpunch mode, which is just like you, <laughs> you plop him down somewhere. And if anyone gets close, he's like, hey, 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 hey get back here. Punch, Do punch, you punch. realize what a what a con- what these abilities? What a concession they are! What an a, a abject like a, a admission of failure on behalf of the rabbits are. They have to give them triple rocket launchers <laughs> and super fire punches just to like uh, let you to pass your glance the over them, like yeah. just to get into the conversation to overcome their horrible horrible sounds and and appearance. Hoops, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you advice from somebody that I I know you respect, and that is Christopher Grant. Okay, yeah, I do. Dang it. Are you ready for this? Because I, I had the same question. I was messaging him. I'm like, I love this game. I kind of like the Rabbids, but it does feel like the one, you know, stain on the game. And he's like, no, 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 no. You have to think about what was accomplished here. The the person who was responsible for Rabbids at Ubisoft, right, went to Nintendo, the most protective company in the world, and said, hey, pals, here's what we're going to do. First off, you're going to give us your most important brand. Over, over some of the most important brands in the world, you're going to give us number one, Mario. And they're like, yes. Do you get like, that? Okay, then we're going to give him guns. And they were <laughs> right. like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, oh, okay. And they're like, okay, after that, we're only going to use him half the time. The other half of the time, we're going to use rabbits. You remember rabbits? Yeah. They're little uh, porcelain trash bags. That, <laughs> Scream. Uh, and, and, Everybody hates. And, and Nintendo's like, right, right, right. right. And they're like, okay, one final thing. Half the Rabbids are going to be grotesque recreations of your most important characters. <laughs> Horrible and, Buffalo Bill style. Yeah, sure. Like, and, yeah. and reveal how utterly vacant your actual characters are. And Nintendo is like, so, yep, sounds God, good. Yeah, oh, cool. all, everything, well, everything here makes Perfect sense. They're like, how? Uh, Nintendo's like, one question, how is it online? And you seems like terrible. And they're like, okay, <laughs> like, perfect. Sold. <laughs> will will, our t- will but, the terrible clones also have guns? Yes, of course, they will uh, also have guns. Can we explore the writing for a second? It's fine. Okay. okay. I, I'm not denying that it's fun. I'm enjoying myself. Here's the question that I have Ubisoft, when they uh-huh. have Rabid Peach say, <laughs> like, vocalize, hashtag winning. <laughs> do they think that's, that's good. funny or do they think it's been like 10 years and it's ironic funny or has it come back around again and what now it's you, cool Russ? what happened man listen to yourself yeah this is a rabbit this, this question this is a this is a cartoon rabbit that puts on a princess peach dress and inherits <laughs> yeah. the powers of this of this royal of this monarch and you're like and then said like a four-year-old charlie sheen quote and you're like, that's, it's 10 that's years. The line. It's been 10 that's, years. The fact that, like their, that their years. flesh shell, as they call it, can't even perambulate around the map is a real feat of engineering and yeah. a demonic force. But you're like, can we get the memes a little more up to date? Fresh? No, no, yeah, no. Also, like, I, I think it's, I think it's a bit of separate level the, three, please. <laughs> we got to separate the art from the artist, you know? <laughs> You know, like, did they intend for it to be cringe? <laughs> from the fart, from the... Yeah, I from the fartist. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's I meant think they, to... they may have intended for it to be sincere. I'm telling you, it's funny 
because it's fucking funny because man. there is a there is a rabid princess peach that murders people with the rocket launcher and then goes hashtag as if hashtag winning blah yeah wow. you're, you just, you're either with me or you're with the trolls blah. tried to try to play this i tried to play this one with henry and uh if you have a five-year-old that you want to get into the game with i will say the strategy part not great for him <laughs> not enjoying that the part where the rabbits do memes the best just uh just just that please Next I time, wish, that's my only critique is no strategy next time. Just, yeah, I only want the thing Russ hates. I don't I hate wish, it. I'm saying I think it's fascinating that they went to you, the depths. You and I want, want more of the friend they genuinely think it's funny or whether they were like, no, it'd be really funny if we went 10 years back and pulled right. from there. Mm-hmm. I w- I feel like if if they return to this 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 series, which if this one does well, you know, there's a oh, they will. Reason yeah. to think. Um, I would really like I feel like the 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 stumbling block besides the character thing which is like more of a taste issue. I would and and I would really like to see them do away with the the barrier between the overworld running around and the the combat. It feels so close to those being able to be one and the same. You know what I mean? There and there's like a um everything in the combat is so like fun and fluid and good. And there's like a 15 second like load when you go from. Or well, describe you know. describe what the overworld so is. So the overworld is yeah. like, I, I, I'm, it's like a Mario game where you can't jump basically, and you're like running around and and collecting coins. Truly wild and, decision, and, by the way. I mean that that was the first. I mean game that is was exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, I know, but like it's Mario. Let him jump. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got to jump. Or uh, at the very least, don't make Mario run to pick up a box. That's around that corner, and then bring that back to put the box in a machine. That's <laughs> and, not fucking fun, guys. And P.S. As long as we're nitpicking, I'm running with X. <laughs> I yeah. don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, not just for Mario. Any game ever. You want me to run with the X button? Yeah. They, yeah. No they, way. They had some fun. They that was fun. Now, I, I wish they could get rid of that and let it just be like a way. So what happens is in the overworld, you're running around, you see a Goomba or something like that. You you can, uh, if you get the drop on him, you can like slide into him basically. Slide tackle him. Yeah, a little bit. And then and then it's like a 10 second load. And then there's like an overview kind of screen where you can like look at the, the, the situation that you find yourself in tactically. And like. I feel like that load, the going into it, the and afterwards, the sort of like doling out coins and all that stuff. Um, I would love to see a way for that to just be more fluid, like one. How do you design? How do you do level design that is both the overworld and hey, we've got cover pieces and like that seems I mean, a, that, that seems very a, difficult. I I mean I it's not my job to make the game. <laughs> you know, do you understand? You understand no, I thought it, I, I thought I, it was I, I got a, I got a fix for you. Are, are you ready for the fix? Just fix the load. Keep times. it exactly how it was. Upgrade the damn switch to have yeah, an, yeah. An, yeah. An, exactly. Like, right. If there was no load time, it'd be fine. I mean, I, yeah. you're 100 percent right. Of course, plant that would be that would be great. Um, I would very because like, and the, they're not that bad, realistically speaking. Like I've seen way worse. But I, I, they're not. I, I know. It, I know not, what you mean hoops. They're it, not. But it is. It is this. Like I had this slight pang of like, oh man, the fight's over. 
just because running around the overworld is like it's fine, it's functional, right? It's fine, but it's it gets not the job done. But it gets yeah. the job done, but it's not fun. And it's like I, I felt myself being a little sad when I would leave the combat thing, and I wish that was just more, yeah, more fluid. Right now, before a, uh, before a fight, you basically just get the load screen, which is really just in the bottom right corner. You see like, like a little it's spaceship like flying a black screen for ten. Seconds. But imagine if that was like a rabid that was dabbing. Don't you think that alone that would be better? Should fit. That should fix would it. Fix it. Let right. Me check. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Looking easy. That's a, that's a more. that's we can hot patch that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Keep an eye out for that hot patch coming tomorrow. Keep your um, eShop open. The story's incomprehensible. I mean, I get. Should I have said that? Is that? I mean, is, it's, it's. Does it matter? It's me. I mean, it is beyond. I've never else. not cared. Like I've I've never not cared more about how little. The story yeah. matters. Like, I just, like, the combat is fun. He's saying hashtag winning. Like, that's all the, good. that's the story of the game. For that's me. it. I do, I do want to give a special shout out to the uh, progression hooks in the game. Yeah, they're are, good. Are really great. You, you collect these sparks that you can equip, I think, two of to each character. Uh, and they give them special abilities that you can use in combat, and they level up alongside your characters. And it's like trying to figure out who goes best with what, with what, like, uh, build. I did not expect this game to give me that, and it and it does. It's, and they're the stars from neat. Mario Galaxy, but with ears because they're rabbit yes. stars. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's good. That's good that they love do it. That. Anything else before we move on out of this? I think I feel like it's fun. I mean, it's really good. I I, I wish there was not as. I don't know if I'm necessarily gonna. Keep I'm going to keep playing. I think it's one playing. of the best strategy games I've played, I've played in the last five years, like easily. I think it's one of the best games of this year by far. Uh, here he goes. I'm just <laughs> saying. Here, here, I'm just saying. It, it, I'm I just agree saying. that is. Oh, I'm sorry. I like things. And listen, <laughs> and listen, Chris is allowed to do this. It's not like he's about to make the same exact pitch for a different game in the VC. <laughs> no, this one I said was one of the best, not the best. Oh, God. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, all right. Sure. We'll be back. We'll be back with that and so much more right after this quick break. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockamoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy 
I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see the the comic pages swirling past. Uh We've entered the MCU. Yeah. Oh, shit. Chris is wearing a really, really accurate Captain America cosplay right now. Mm -hmm. He's walking in the room really slow. (laughs) Captain America's classic walking noise. (laughs) Yeah. You love it. it. And and now... I just slammed six cards on the table. I'm ready to snap. (laughs) Y'all, let's talk about Marvel Snap. Who who actually played it here besides me, number one Snap fan? I did. I played it. I checked a little bit, not too much, but I I, I turned it on. Okay, how about this? I'm going to set up what this game is. I I wrote down a concise explanation because I'm not good at this sort of thing, despite me doing it every episode. Here's it. Marvel Snap. Free-to-play card game by former Hearthstone people, right? You put cards on the battlefields. There are three battlefields, or lanes if you want, right? And each lane holds up to four cards. After six turns, the total power of each lane is added up on both sides of the table, and whoever has the most power in that lane wins the lane. Win two lanes out of the three, and you win the game. It's Does six. That, tur- did you say you said six turns, right? Six turns. It's, it's, six it's, turns. These, these are bite-sized little. These are TikTok length matches. They're toilet which length. Thank I, you. I adore that. They're, they're there for great. the pooping. Yes, you you have cards. Cards are levels one through six because there are also six turns. Each turn you get one more power to spend than you had the last turn, and you can't store power between turns. Yeah. So in theory, you want to have like a lot of low-level cards because you're only gonna get barring exception, weird exceptions, one shot to, to spin that level six. But here's where it gets complicated. Very simple rules up front, uh, but over time, they're like, hey, now these lanes, each of them have their own rules. Like, okay, in this lane, every card gets plus three power. Or in this lane, uh, we, half the, car- the spots are already filled up with rocks. Mm. Um, uh, in this lane, you can use your abilities twice when you drop a card on it. And so, are, the, are those rules set at the beginning of the match, or do they so change? It's, it, this is actually really interesting. This is clever. Griffin, you want to take it? So, it, like Chris said, the three lanes have different properties that right. really affect like how you should place your cards down in them. 
Uh, but when the game starts, only one of the lane's special properties is is revealed. And then I think another one drops at three and another one drops at five. I believe it's revealed. two and three. Oh, and that, is it I'm two be, and three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's back to back to back. And there's a card that you can get that also tells you oh. what's right. on the lanes. So, so like you may like, you yeah. may play a card in one lane and the, only to have like the information for another lane revealed that maybe they should have gone in there. Or alternatively, you can play into a lane like without knowing what its property is and then when it is revealed it might it might help you out if you play into a lane like are you just sort of surmising based on what happens to that card what the rule is no uh or does it just tell you the rule doesn't take effect until it it unlocks yeah it does not apply so it's it is uh so so there's so much strategy to it right because you could put a card down in this lane that you know it's going to like rack up a bunch of power. Yeah. But your opponent might also do the same thing, right? They may burn the next few turns just trying to conquer that lane. And if that's the case, go take over the other two. Even if the other one doesn't have that special property, even if it's not going to benefit you, you can stake your claim to it because you don't have to, you know, brute force their whole team. You just have to win two of the lanes and uh, at first when you when, when you very start the game your cards don't have any real special powers but rapidly they they get you know you get new cards with new abilities that complicate all of this so let's use that example of just a very simple lane where hey every every turn a card here gets one additional power so you want to get it there early because that's the opportunity to add six power to a card right hmm you could put down a card, but your opponent could put down a card that has an ability where if someone puts some, lays down a card across from it on the same turn, it gains a ton of power. So they're basically like predicting where you're going to put your card, and the reward is they get a massive power boost. So knowing that everybody's going to go for that lane, you might think, you know what, I actually should put this somewhere else just because I don't want to accidentally boost their power. Right. Or... There's a card that you can lay down at the end of the game that just completely changes the rule of a lane. So that a player could, you know, spend all of this time mm. playing a lane to boost its power. And then at the end, you could drop down Scarlet Witch, I think it is. And it would be like, you know what? Actually, we're just changing this lane to the opposite. Now every card here has negative power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 all kind of variations on the same thing, right? That what I, I forget the term for uh, for for the type of strategy where you're trying to guess what your opponent will do. Uh, game yo, theory, yo, <laughs> yeah, game theory, right? Uh, it's all about that, right? But the pace of the game is beautiful. It is really, really. I've never played a card game like this that is so brief uh and that really fits into my life in a major way right now griffin what do you think about the the gambling part of it because that's the other part that i i find very clever and to be clear right up top this is free to play this is not real money that we're talking about with gambling whatsoever can you can you explain what how the snaps work yeah so basically what happens is it's six turns right and then there's a little like uh Whoever wins a round gets the the special element that helps grant you a higher ranking, right? And at any time in the game, you can snap. You have one opportunity to snap on your side. And that's you saying, you know what? I'm doubling it. I'm effectively, you know, like raising the pot. So now it's two. And that will double at the very end. When you finish the game, whatever that number is also doubles. And the, your opponent could snap. So then 
it went from one to two to now four. And at the very end of the game, it raises that would raise to eight. At any point, you can retreat and just say, you know what, I'm not going to win this. I don't want to lose those that that element. I don't want to lose rank. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna bail. So if you bailed right at top, you'd only lose one. If you if your opponent snapped and then you bailed, it's like okay, you only lose two. But if you go all the way to the end yeah. of the game and both of you have snapped and you both doubled down, somebody's gonna get a lot and somebody's gonna like get torched. It's basically like you're playing poker and you're calling and calling or raising the other person and then you fold in the last hand. Effectively, the same idea, right? Yeah, it's it has it so. I will say this. I got, I mean, I played Hearthstone for forever and spent a yeah. lot of money on Hearthstone, bought a bunch of packs of shit. Uh, and that desire is not quite, I mean, it's not nearly as strong. Yeah. What me, is the, with this game? I don't understand uh, what the real money part of this game is. Mm. You use the cubes to get, to, well, to drop new cards, right? Well, yeah. So the real money part of this is, okay. So the way you get new cards in the game is by leveling up the cards you already have. So you start with a bunch of cards, right? Mm. And then as you win, you get like a currency that lets you, quote, level up those cards, which is just making them look visually cooler. So they okay. start. They don't 2D. get more powerful, they're just prettier. No, the cards are the cards of the cards. They get, yeah, they go 2D and 3D, and then they're like animated I, cards, I, right? I like that part, by the way. I did want to touch on that. I never care about cosmetics, especially when you're dealing with something that's is like, visually rich is the marvel universe where there's like a bajillion different hulks or whatever so i don't care if i just got gray suit hulk but seeing my cards that i already have like look get, cooler get strong yeah. yeah like look cool like there's frame break is the first upgrade you get they're like oh now hulk's muscles are so big the car can't contain them that's cool <laughs> i like that i'm a child so so you do that you upgrade visually right and each time you upgrade visually that also upgrades there's two separate ranks there's your competitive rank right where you're doing it the players and there's just like i think they call it like your collector rank which is how many times have you upgraded cards and as you build that up, the game is like, hey, you're level 32. Here's another new card. And as the higher you go, the more cards the game gives you, mm. which you can then upgrade, which then eventually unlocks more cards, right? My guess is at a certain level that there comes a point where it's like, hey, I just don't have like enough cash to upgrade my I don't have enough in-game currency that they've been very generous with to upgrade my cards and since I'm not upgrading my cards I'm not upgrading my collector's rank and since I'm not upgrading my collector's uh, rank I'm not getting new cards yeah that said I don't I don't know I'm not actually sure that's that's what they care that much about just the way they even they even frame the store the top of the store is um cosmetic variants of established cards that you already have and that seems like where the money is. That's like more of a Fortnite, like, oh, I'm I'm buying a I don't know, yes. pair of pants so like, for I have a I have a pixelized like sixteen bit version of Wolverine. And I have a that Rocket cool Raccoon. Yeah, I have, cool. my Rocket Raccoon is like Rocket Raccoon and he's like itty bitty uh carrying a gun that's like thirty guns high. Um and just looks awesome. And I, I'm again total mark. I, I have just completely exhausted with the MCU. I thought I was exhausted with Marvel, and here I am being like, oh, you know, is this the best use of the gold, the very limited gold that I have because I don't want my spend self spend money on these games? I don't know. Probably like not. A lot of these, ga I have ducked into many of these games, right? And that is why I held off on this one. There are a lot of other like 
just game loft designed yeah garbo on the app store of like mm. get the crystals and the, i mean there's match 3 games there's you know card collecting games like not unlike this the, uh, idle games whatever so i uh, was holding off but like this is actually fun it's 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 fun from the beginning it requires you to think it isn't just like well i need to you know upgrade my cards and spend this time and spend this currency and oh they need another five bucks for me to keep having fun like it's just yeah it's good for the and what a blessing if i could say as somebody who has played a lot of these sorts of like you know fourth tier you know right about uh, canonically probably equal to the little golden books adaptation of spider-man no way home you know what i mean (laughs) to not have be burdened with some like mid-level dude writing his fan fiction about like so anyway then Nick Fury's like there's seven Hyperion shards and <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the crawl has spread no it's just like hey you want to play a you want to play a card game with me it's got Spider-Man right in it like, that is Absolutely. such a good point yeah I, 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 well and, and like also kind of like the weird I don't know if I can even call them stories but like bits that appear in the game based off the type of cards that you're playing. So an example of this is you, Squirrel Girl is a card, right? And when you play Squirrel Spoilers. Girl, it drops squirrels on every other lane that, that Squirrel Girl is not on, right? Hmm, so you okay. can fill up with the squirrels. And then Sentinels from X-Men beget more Sentinels. So if you play a Sentinel, you get another Sentinel in your hand. You can fill up a lane with that, right? And then there are things where like just certain lanes will have rocks appear on them or like ninjas that actually do negative damage so now you have a lane that's full of like sentinels rocks and squirrels and a little girl and you can play the carnage card which eats everything and then just gains power from it so just this idea of (laughs) carnage eating a whole bunch of rocks and little animals I just find, like, utterly hilarious and in line with the characters. Like, the the abilities are good versions of who the characters actually are, not just like, well, you know, it's a card game, and then, like, we threw Captain Marvel on it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It does sound really good. I'm, like, genuinely interested now. Yeah. Good work. I've been looking for something else to enjoy. Um, any other games that that everybody's up? I mean, into? we have some we have some reader mail to jump into, and then I think we have like a quick, maybe what else we're playing? That sound okay. good? Yep. All right, sure. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Very quick, right off the top, just building off of what we said. Uh, from Halloween Shutter, is Marvel Snap enjoyable without paying for any of it? For the first few hours, it sure as hell is. Yeah. Uh, this one is for uh Fresh and, and Griffin, I think. I guess for everybody from uh. These, do you have any roguelite roguelite recommendations? I adore Hades and Dead Cells, and would love to try more in the genre. I know. Uh, I, I mean, about that yeah, whole episode. This is for me and Fresh specifically, I think, because we both have the uh, Isaac bug. Uh, I would really like to try right to now. get into that. I feel like I would really enjoy it. I just don't. I, it seems hard to start. We could, we could, uh, honest to God, one of the things I enjoy about Isaac is that Russ has sort of led me, guided me through the process with a tender hand. Uh, And that is, I mean, I always like that part of games when like somebody is, can, can be very into a game and sort of uh, spread that around. I think this is a great game for it because there is a lot to learn, but it also like has a, infinite array of rewards for people who like put the time into it um 
Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, the only essential. hesitation I have with Binding of Isaac, you know, they, the person here mentioned Hades and Dead Cells, and both of those games are very much about, like, getting more powerful the more you play, and Binding of Isaac is, while you're unlocking stuff, you really are starting from scratch to some extent at the beginning. Yes. I disagree with the notion, though, because the stuff that you unlock just by, like, you know, beating a certain boss as a certain character or doing one of the in-game challenges, like, those are huge and transformative. That's and true. run-carrying items that, like, Binding of Isaac, I think, is at its hardest when you start playing and haven't, like, unlocked those those things yet. But, yeah, I would uh, I would reiterate the thing we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is if you're playing Binding of Isaac on PC, you happen to be playing on Steam, go to the workshop, download external item descriptions. That like is a total game changing. It just teaches you exactly what every single item, it tells you exactly what every item is before you pick it up. And I think that is like a really great introduction to all the systems that are at work. So yeah, yeah highly recommend that. Uh, and then I, I mean, Slay the Spy. I, once, once you get out of the sort of like action genre, I worry that like we're talking about a different thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Enter the Gungeon is uh, also very good for what it's worth. This one's from Charles. Do you think we'll ever see a day where services like Game Pass or PS Plus Extra will be available on other platforms? Will the console wars ever end? I mean, do uh, we count Game Pass being just on your TV without needing an Xbox? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the thing is like we are we're already there, right? Like I, I, Game Pass is available on on screens. It's on, on pretty much every screen except for like a closed garden screen like a Nintendo Switch. So I, I think that kind of already has come to pass. I also just, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of just assume that Sony's heading the way of Sega over the next 10 to 15 years and will be like an amazing software publisher. Yeah. But it, it's hard for me to imagine Sony competing once everything moves towards streaming just because the company, like Sony, the company, is not built to compete with a company like Microsoft or... You know, you, know, you say that, but I still don't have like remote play on for Xbox. Like I, I, I have, they have some solutions for some games, but it's not the way you can just straight up control your your PlayStation. Uh, well, oh yeah, no, but I mean, I don't think remote, remote play plays. for Xbox definitely exists for what it's worth. Yeah, I also just don't think like that's the again the future that I think anybody's talking about. Not, I mean, not it, all games are not all games work with it. Like with the with the Xbox Remote Play, like, right? But I mean, Remote Play ten years from now is like the least important thing, right? Yeah, because... but I'm saying it in terms of like having the the wherewithal, like that's not an institutional thing that you just like have. Oh right? no, like, I, I I see what you mean. I guess what I'm saying is like Microsoft owns Azure, which is like one of the most powerful cloud computing and distribution systems on the planet, mm -hmm. and it owns the means of turning that data into marketing data that it can sell, mm -hmm. which will make it extremely cheap for it to like make games and game pass because it could just make money off of all of that uh -huh. we're like sony like makes tvs and headphones which I mean, is they, like a they humongous done, business they've but not certainly like, done a better job than xbox in in for the past i would say like five years of like hanging their hat on a, a bunch of different like really developing and investing in IP and franchises in a way that like Microsoft absolutely is not. But Microsoft right. is just investing in it by buying companies, right? They bought Bethesda, they bought, you know, all these studios. Yeah, that's and I'm not saying, I don't think Sony's going anywhere. I, I'm actually saying what with the investment in IP, I think that's smart because 
if they are not going to be making consoles in the future, which honestly, who knows if anybody's making consoles in the future, mm-hmm. the best thing that you could have is IP. I, do you feel yeah. like you can get the Sony higher ups to sign off on like a version of the PlayStation brand that isn't tied to hardware? Because it feels like such a hardware first company. It makes you it makes you wonder if they could like hang in that ecosystem. I don't think there's there yet. I think yeah. I think if you look at like their PlayStation Plus offering right now everyone was expecting hey they'd throw god of war ragnarok right at launch like that makes perfect sense of course they right. want a lot of subscribers like what game pass did and i don't i mean they've publicly said we can't make the numbers work if we do that the only way we yeah. can continue making these high-end single-player experiences is if we charge people the full price for them so it would require like i think a few years of them looking at the numbers and seeing this is the only way we can get subscribers to our thing um because we're competing with game pass which is like throwing a dozen games out a week uh i think it'll be a while before they get there Uh, you know i think we have one more at least one more console cycle after this console cycle after that who fucking knows i don't think the cloud computing stuff is there yet um i think we're at least three to four years away from it being like spot on great for a lot of people um and then they after could also that go the way of Nintendo, which is like, you know, where Sony's like, who knows if we're even going to have third party developers on our thing, if like that's even what we're competing for. But but we make three to five killer games a year and it doesn't matter. You should buy our console anyway, even if it no longer makes sense. Right, but Nintendo's it, been making a ton of money on third party now as well. No, that's true. That's they do but, both. but I mean, they've survived in the past without it. That's true. I feel like we've been having a version of this conversation for many years, right? And it and it makes so much sense to me. Like, and it's not unlike the. I mean, it is basically the same conversation of like, why do we have games on disc anymore? I, I, I gotta say though, like in a in a world where PlayStation and supply chain is a huge part of this, but like in a world where PlayStation is increasing the prices in some territories and still can't keep PlayStation fives on shelves. It doesn't feel like we've had that big whiff on console sales that would prompt people to abandon the business. Like people are still wanting to buy them. Like oh I, no, of course. You know, I mean, like we're, I, we're talking like ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. From, I mean, right? like, I know, but I know I that's goes quicker than you think. I mean, they're probably deeply into development on the one that will start in you know what I don't know in three years, three or two, four three years. Year. Yeah. Like what I, what we need is for a cloud console to come out. And not be a clown fart from minute one. Yeah. If we had an, if we had instead of a Ouya or a Stadia, if one of those could come out, but not fail <laughs> instantly, uh, we might have it. We might have a shot at this gang. I, I well, also, I mean, we won't have a cloud console. Like, I, I think again, this this kind of already exists. There are people who play Game Pass just on a TV or on a phone or on whatever app they want. And like, that's, that's fine enough for them. Uh, and, and I think consoles aren't going to disappear. Like the hardcore PC gaming, like get the metal in your house. Like that still exists. And I think both Microsoft and Sony are getting closer and closer to that. Like I, it's, I don't think it's a surprise that Sony's games are appearing on PC, right? Like, yeah. I think everybody sees that if you are going to be a hardware if, like if you're going to be playing the hardware game, PC or something that looks like PC is where where that's at. So you know we'll have 
very hardcore people like us who have that, and then a bunch of people who are just like, whatever, I can I can stream it, and it's totally fine. Where, all of which is to say, yes and no for both of these. Like, I think PS Plus Extra could just be Hulu to Game Pass's Netflix, right? Like, they're, they're, I don't think either of these companies are going anywhere. I, I just think that they're accomplishing different things. This is fascinating. I could keep talking about it for much longer, um, but I don't think we can. I, uh, I, I got one. You know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna save the next question for later. We should, we should talk about honorable mentions because we have a little bit to talk about before we, we wrap this thing up. Yeah. Um. What, what all are you playing? I'll do mine real quick because y'all have talked about it to death already. But uh, I, I started playing Case of the Golden Idol last Thursday and finished it last Friday. Uh, cause I could not put that shit down. Give me, love it. Give me one of these monthly. Give yes. me, I said the same thing after Obra Dinn came out, where I was like, "This is the cleverest. This scratches an itch that games don't scratch for me, can't scratch for me." And and I all I want is more of this like logic and deduction using like visual cues and exploration and and just trying to feel like the smartest motherfucker who ever lived. That game made me feel like that. Case of the Golden Idol makes me feel like that. And and, and it's hard because when Griffin said, give me one of these monthly to Lucas Pope, Lucas Pope, I remember this when everybody came out, gave Griffin like two thumbs up. Like I remember <laughs> he said, him like, sending a picture like it. two thumbs up every month, no problem. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's going to be the re-return of the Oberdin. There is going to be, <laughs> look who's look who's coming to the to nautical dinner. It's Oberdin. And all of these, yeah, he lied. What a lying look sack of Look who's coming crap. to Oberdinner? Is that what you meant that to say? That is what I meant to say. Thanks, okay. Justin. Uh, yeah, Case of the Golden Idol. It's, it's cool. It has like a great, weird, sort of gothic uh, fantasy tone almost that is surprising. Uh, and the puzzles that it produces are are truly truly clever and and spectacular and um i i tore through that shit it is Un- a great unrelated game. um unrelated thing but just cuz we mentioned lucas pope i did want to say i recently found out that the first thing that he did for like professionally was make uh a <laughs> worked with other mothers to make a uh uh an anaconda mod for quake that was officially licensed by Sony to promote the the uh, John Voight starter Anaconda. That's, That's amazing. So good. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I wanted to mention I've been playing God of War Ragnarok. Actually, I think we all have to some extent. Um, there's uh, very little that we can talk about it, but Plant and I uh, talked about or will talk about the first three to four hours on Resties on Tuesday. Um, it's, you know, we won't go into story or anything like that, but if you're just like kind of curious about what it feels like to play, we do just dip into the very beginning of it. Um, and then obviously when the game comes out in a couple weeks, we'll do a big old splashy besties episode diving into the whole thing. Yeah. Lead boy, which way? Right into entertainment. That's what we're going to be delivering for you. Uh, I've been playing the Resident Evil 8 expansion and... I don't think any of us need to play it. It's kind of my takeaway. It's well, not. No. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty big bummer considering Resident Evil Eight is one of my favorite games. Uh, it's yeah. It it just feels like a lot more of old school Resident Evil. Like you walk around as Rose. 
I, I, I was playing it in third person because I, I think that might be the only option for that. It adds third person mode to regular Resident Evil 8 too. And what I've realized about... This game has helped me come to something... I don't know, like a big conclusion about why I love Resident Evil and why I don't. I like when a Resident Evil game starts as like, you're in a regular world and slowly real creepy evil stuff, you know, like sneaks in around mm-hmm. the edges. And by the end, you're like, oh, wow, I thought I was in my planet, but now I'm in some different universe. I don't like Resident Evil when it starts out as like, you're in a horror mindscape and like yeah. you're like scrambling for pieces of reality. And this is quite literally that. You are in a mental recreation of the castle lady d's castle from resident evil 8 and you're fighting like mind zombies with your telekinetic mold powers it's just like it kind of all seems of like, the sci-fi stuff i don't like it kind of seems like what they did with the alan wake dlc where the main game started is like oh you're there's a pacific northwest town and then blah blah, blah. and then all the dlc for that game was like you're in alan wake's dream scenario and it's yeah, like not what I was there for necessarily. Yeah. Also, a weird thing about the third person mode, you can't see the character's face if you turn the camera. What do you see? Huh. So like like if you turn the camera and you get to a point like you can get like halfway there. And once you would start to see their face, the character just turns around. That's it's kind of what Fortnite does, sort of. Fortnite. What? Does Fortnite kind of does that where you can't quite like ro- fully rotate the camera around. Is that what you mean? But, I mean but, Resident Evil is yeah. Fortnite now, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. they've already done that crossover, so yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, a little bit of a bummer. That said, revisited Resident Evil 8 because I was like, hey, I'm not feeling this. I should go check that game out again. Just see how it hits. Still still good. Turns out like it's it still in, absolutely great. Do you like it better in third person? Um, no, but I do like it better not on Stadia. Um, sure. That, that has been a pretty <laughs> noticeable change. It looks... It, you know what? This game looks really good. I didn't. I didn't get that experience. Really, the 800p on Stadia wasn't doing it for you. <laughs> I it, it, I completely forgot about how I could not get past the very beginning of that game where you are walking through snow and you have to go under a chain fence, and I couldn't do it because I could not distinguish what was a fence. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so pretty cool this time i much, still think stadia is gonna make it happen though i i, I yeah, know they've think, had some struggles around i think they're gonna yeah. turn around yeah There's still time justin has a bunch of stuff he wants to talk about all right yeah sorry just real quick sid and i like to watch like horror or thrillers like throughout october and i just wanted to highlight three real quick in order of quality uh the hidden which plant recommended is on the criterion channel is that what they call it criterion yeah, yeah, yeah. criterion uh, collection or yeah criterion, no criterion channel you're right criterion channel it's outrageous that this is not a gigantic movie that people st- i watched it it's from 87 it's about kyle mclaughlin and and a police officer hunting down aliens it's frigging great it's so good and funny and cool and you and uh unbelievable this is not a big thing please go watch that movie you will love it Second, I watched last night, Sid and I watched Willie's Wonderland, which features a silent Nicolas Cage killing a, a restaurant full of creepy animatronics that want to eat him. Um, and he never speaks the entire film. And I mean, if you need more pushing from oh, me. I wonder if they got that good, you know, <laughs> union rate. Did they, the were they doing that for plus union 10, minimums? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll work for points on the back end. Um, that and I did want to highlight one that's so unbelievably bad that I and it was not a disappointment because it is exactly what I wanted it to be is dangerous game the legacy murders whoa <laughs> which you have never heard of before and that's fantastic i want to I'm, I'm about to send you all the poster <laughs> the poster for this movie and i will tell you a little bit about it because dangerous game I, was i'm mean, that story where you they hunt man right okay so this has nothing to do with okay <laughs> this start. has nothing to do with that it is oh a, my god the poster <laughs> It's a thriller about a rich family on an island that starts playing a board game that uh, is, and, and then they start getting killed. Yeah, and sure. no one knows who it is. The rich family includes Jonathan Reese Myers, John Voight, who's <laughs> allowed to be back in the mix, apparently, and of course, Will Sasso <laughs> as an example. <laughs> oh, no. Guys, this movie, you will not, it is unfathomable where this movie decides that it is going to go with its movie. It is unbelievable. <laughs> I want to say, just, just to talk about the poster real quick, I have never seen so many heads jammed into the reflection of a knife than this poster. Yeah, yeah it's like this killer is about to get like the fucking nuke kill streak because it's like you got them all lined They're up, all bud. All on there. Uh, also, just Google image search it. The first image only has four people. And, the, and they're like, no, no, no. We should try that again. We need 30. If like, this image is, is to be believed, then John Voight and Jonathan Reese Myers are about eight times the size of the people at the bottom of the knife. <laughs> yes. They are, yeah. they are titans. Yeah, poor Dylan Playfair of, uh, of Descendants fame is getting very, he's like right near the tip. Yeah. Um, it's ama- wow. It's really an amazing film if you want to like really just lose it for two hours because Sydney and I were like repeatedly staring at each other like, how is this what this movie is? It is a, f- I'm always looking for a, a movie that's trying something and doesn't get there, but is still putting so much out on the table. You're like, I don't know. There's something I can pick at here. Let me let me see what you. Oh, you got rolls. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll eat these rolls. Uh, that's dangerous game. The legacy murders. It's available. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just go find, Google it, and just watch it. And the, the director of that movie, Sean McNamara, best known for the, being the producer of Hoovy. It's just called Hoovy. Hoovy? <laughs> Fresh, who, who are we thanking this episode? We're thanking Hoovy. Uh, we're all th- also thanking the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for writing reviews. Uh, we have A Garden Gnome, Podcast Listener 14, Harls G, and Mace Window is a Cat. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone else who has written reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. It is awesome of you. We appreciate it. The um the the most recent films that this man has directed before this were The King's Daughter, Sister Swap, Christmas in the City, Sister <laughs> Swap, A Hometown Holiday, and JL Family Ranch Two, and then Cats and Dogs Three: Paws Unite, and then Alien Stole My Body, Christmas in Evergreen, Tidings of Joy. This cool. movie rules. Dude's getting work. He's yeah. working. Uh, everybody, grab your pencils, grab your paper. Here are the things we talked about this week. Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. We talked about Marvel Snap. We talked about uh, God of War Ragnarok, Resident Evil 8, Winter's Expansion, Case of the Golden Idol, 
the hidden Willy's Wonderland, and my favorite hidden object game, Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders. <laughs> it does sound like that. Big Fish Games presents. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Bayonetta 3. A game I'm I'm looking forward to chatting about, like the first two. Can't imagine that anything will be controversial about this one. And uh, and I think that's it. Any anything else, anybody? Uh, no, I'm just thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled we had such a good time. Hope you did too. Thanks for joining us for the besties, and be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends get the world's best games? Steve.